Welcome to the Poem of the Week. Each week, our poems are intended to help you practice the best, most current medicine by alerting you to studies that could change your practice. As usual, our host this week is National Public Radio's Dr. Michael Wilkes and Essential Evidence Senior Editor, Dr. Mark Abel. Gentlemen. Hello, Mark. How are you? I'm good. I'm good. We're going to move from sort of micro things and drugs to the very biggest picture. It's no surprise to our listeners that how we live impacts our health. As we work in practice, we care for many people from different sociocultural backgrounds, some of whom hold strong beliefs and values that are very different from our own. In my state of California, 43% of the population speaks a language other than English at home. In two reports, the Institute of Medicine highlighted the importance of patient-centered care and effective cross-cultural communications as a means of improving quality, achieving equity, and eliminating the significant racial and ethnic disparities that plague health in America. There are many causes of these disparities, including barriers to effective patient-clinician interactions. Some of these include language and patient understanding and cultural things, lack of access to care, lack of insurance, lack of transportation, lack of the ability to take time off from work to go to the doctor, and, and perhaps even clinician biases. Because most of the patients we see are ambulatory, the problem is best studied in an outpatient arena, and it has been studied rather extensively. But what about inpatient hospital utilization. You found a very interesting study. It was published in the journal JGIM, the Journal of General Internal Medicine, and it attempts to answer the question, what is the association between social determinants of health and hospital utilization? Mark? Yeah, this was in volume 37, page 1935, for those who want to follow along at home. And um, these researchers, they use data from the 2016 to 2018 National Health Interview Survey. It's done every year um, by the government in the U.S. They do a population level sample. And these are community dwelling folks in the U.S. And they wanted to evaluate the impact of social determinants on hospitalization, if any. So there were over 55,000 respondents. About half were younger than 50. Uh, about half were female. Uh, 16% were Hispanic. 78% white. So it was a representative sample that looked like the U.S. population. About 90% had health insurance. <clears throat> Common comorbidities that they found in this group were things like hypertension and chronic pain and obesity. They looked at six domains of social determinants of health, and they found that they were quite common. Um, educational deficits in 61%, economic instability in 27%, social isolation in 24%, poor access to healthcare in 13%, lack of community in 10%, and food insecurity in 9%. Overall, 10% of the cohort had been hospitalized in the past 12 months, and they did adjusted analyses where they adjusted for comorbidities and age and sex and other things. And three social determinant domains were associated with a significant increase in the risk of hospitalization. These were food insecurity, social isolation, and educational deficits. And the risk ratios or the odds ratios were low, but they were significant and I think you know important enough that we should pay attention between 1.2 and 1.4. So 20 to 40% increase in hospitalization risks. And they looked at when, when compared with individuals who reported no social adverse social determinants, a higher burden was associated with a greater risk of hospitalization if they have three or four 
the, the risk odds ratio was 1.3. If they had five or more, it was 1.7. So those who were most affected had a, it's kind of a dose response effect, if you will. So the bottom line, social determinants do have a clear measurable impact on health outcomes. This study found a greater cumulative social determinant burden was associated with an increased risk of hospitalization, specifically food insecurity, social isolation, and educational deficits are the most important risk factors. And so trying to recognize, identify these uh, risk factors and, and hopefully mitigate them uh, might help us reduce hospitalizations in these patients. Great. Mark, do you know when they talk about hospitalizations, are they talking about like an overnight stay or does like an emergency room visit constitute on? These were actual hospitalizations admitted to the hospital. Yeah, there are a couple of things that jump out at me. One is that a 10% of uh, population had a hospitalization in the past year. They're a young group. That, that sort of uh, is quite remarkable. The other thing is that the, the three things that you've identified, the social isolation, the food insecurity, and the uh, educational deficits, two of those, um, the social isolation, the food insecurity, we've talked about, it's they're, they're important and you know they're amenable, right? We can do something about them in the short term. I'm a little confused uh, about what an educational deficit is. Um, is that not being able to read instructions on medications or is it not having a college education? Do you know what they mean by that? You know, I'd have to go back and look at the de definition. I suspect it was probably something like less than a high school education or, or some, some marker like that. Yeah. So that may be much more difficult to uh, to address in the short term. It is a long term systemic yes. problem. But, you know, in, until we recognize that food insecurity and social isolation, loneliness are, are two important factors uh, that can be addressed, we're, uh, we're not going to make much headway with this group. Yeah. And, and it is important to note the most important single determinant was food insecurity. It had the odds ratio of 1.4. And um, that one can be addressed. That's something we can do something about. Exactly. Thanks for bringing this to our attention. We will talk uh, to you next week. All right. Well, that's this week's poem. Thanks for listening. If you'd like to read this and other recent poems, please go to www.essentialevidence.com. And please join us again next week for another medical poem. <laughs>